Hello, and welcome to the Moonwise Lunar Forecast for March 6th through April 5th, 2019. I'm your host, Dorte Sophie Royal, and today we'll check in with Susan Lipschitz of Everyday Medicine Woman as she takes a look at the upcoming month and gives us her take on the astrological, lunar, and collective energies that we're experiencing. In this forecast, Susan shares tips and water ritual suggestions, as well as crystal recommendations for nourishing ourselves during this healing month. Before we begin, I want to thank our brand new Patreon subscriber, Henrietta Ebbs. Your subscription helps make this show possible. And if you enjoy our shows and find value in this community, please consider subscribing at patreon.com slash moonwise. Hi, Susan. Thank you so much for joining us on the show today. My pleasure, Dorote. It's my always one of my high points to be able to have this conversation together. Well, I'm very excited to talk to you today because for me and for many listeners that I spoke with last month when we talked about identity really hit home for a lot of people, including myself. And so thank you for uh, helping us gain clarity around what a lot of us were going through in terms of how we see ourselves or even remembering um, parts of ourselves that maybe have been lost or forgotten. So um, yeah, thanks for that. Oh, it's my, you know, completely my pleasure to share what I um, am being shown are trends that we're all going through, myself included. It's like we're in this incubator of, you know, deep shifts and change. And it's all of us individually that support what ultimately becomes the collective, um, you know, page turner around where we're going and how we feel is of highest good for our world, you know, as a, as a whole and our future generations and what we've had to serve, what we've been through, but not be um, bound to it. Yeah. And for anyone who's still kind of feeling like they're going through exploration or uncovering aspects of their identity, you can give a listen to our last episode, Identity Moon, if you want to learn a little more about what that is all about. And so this, speaking of this cycle, uh, it sounds like we have quite a month to unpack. And I know a lot of us are anticipating this Mercury retrograde that's coming up. So tell us what we can be looking forward to. Such a great question. And I think we're going to be living in the questions. Um, uh, Many individuals are kind of, you know, uh, scratching their head going, uh, you know, this is going to be really intense. And, you know, those words can scare us. And, you know, but I think the whole message for this time is if we can let go of fear, we'll really discover um, some interesting unfoldings from this month. uh, Because this this is um, going to be a journey, uh, you know, uh, completely, we're going to be in this new moon having to do with Pisces. So I'm going to talk about that. Uh, and that will, the, the retrograde is, um, the retrograde and the new moon, the entire lunation is going to be uh, moving together through the process. So Mercury will be um, taking us on a particular journey through this, this lunation and in the retrograde. It's the first retrograde of 2019. And again, I think we get really nervous um, because of the ideas about, you know, there can be miscommunication and, and, you know, we can have lots of difficulties and breakdowns and all those kinds of things. And it, it just really has to do more than anything if we think of the we, that it's a slowing down, you know, re, I'm sorry, re and we. It's 
a slowing down of our um, of time instead of barreling through something, which I think we're taught so much to do in our cultures. It's just, you know, it's kind of like when snow or water or something natural happens, if we could just flow with that, we move slower, we accommodate, we understand what the needs are that are facing us, even when our kids get sick or we don't feel well. You know, just something that says we need to stop what we're doing right now, slow down, take care of things, and, you know, adjust. So getting back to this new moon, so this is a, this is a new moon on the 6th, March 6th, in Pisces. Pisces is a mutable water sign, and it is the wateriest of the waters. When we think of Pisces, that expansive, oceany kind of, we can't see the edges of it. You know, it's wide and it's deep, it's mystical, and it's again you know, really dependent on the day. We can go to the same, and we know this living in, when you we're in Chicago, like you go to the lake, and one day, and we do this on the ocean's edge too, one day it's the most beautiful thing you've ever seen. It's glistening, and the sun's there, and it's never-ending, and it just gives us all kinds of inspiration. And then the next day we can go, and it's surly, or it's you know, this, there's no sun out, it's very cloudy, and there's a, there's been a lot of choppiness to it, and we can feel so stirred up and feel like, oh my God, this gray never ends, and there's no, you know, there's, there's this going on forever. It is the same water, same body of water, but it's everything that's around it that influences the experience in that moment. And so Pisces is very much like that. So if you are a Pisces or wherever you have Pisces, um, it can create a lot of these sensations with it. Um, and it is really the, the sign where we talk about the, the deepest, richest spirituality, spiritual um, learning because of that. So uh, the notion of how we, how we um, capture and move through these deep philosophical questions and perspective when we are humans with these minds that want answers and want containment and want right and wrong and clarity and, um, you know, specificity and goods and bads when everything just works at a very different level, you know, we really see how we have to somehow um, uh, make peace with how we move through the fact that we are you know, spiritual beings having a human experience and also need to be practical people moving through what can be endless spiritual kinds of questions, you know, that we, we have to be able to navigate ourselves and feel that we're okay at any of those times. So Pisces really naturally takes us through that, remembering that new moons are new beginnings and um, we plant seeds at those times that start the lunation through the cycle. This is deeply going to ultimately serve us, I think, in um, moving into a different relationship with a way we can trust ourselves more deeply and we can guide ourselves more with more confidence um, uh, in, in areas that have a lot of gray, have a lot of you know, uh, ways in which we need to be subjective in our interpretations and our understandings. So it reminds me, and so that gets into the day before, however, on the 5th, is when Mercury stations to go retrograde. And it's going to be retrograde from the 5th to the 28th of March. So really the entire month, pretty much, it's going to be in that retrograde process. So it right away says, okay, remember that Mercury is the it, it is the oracle for all the planets 
So it's really just saying, I'm going to tune in and deliver a really important message to you. And I need the whole month of this cycle to be able to take us through a sets of experiences that will allow us to get on the other side of something that from a, you know, a, a cosmic point of view is really important that we, that we go through together. And it reminded me when I was thinking about this lunation, um, you know, there's that wonderful Leonard Cohen quote, if you don't become the ocean, you'll be seasick every day. And I think that it's, again, that sense of how we are 80%, what, isn't it? We're like 80% water or something like that. And so um, because Pisces is water, because it is, a, you know, it is that deep um, sort of activator of um, the, you know, the experience of being, being water or being in water, which is the waves and the current and all that we can't, you know, we can't control the current. We can't control the waves. If we go with the waves and we understand how to start to collaborate with those and what is it we need, you know, to move through that, what is the consciousness we need? What is the attitude we need? How do we align our bodies to this? Um, how do we support that? It, it's going to go through its ebbs and its flows, but we understand uh, the experience. Like if we were a dolphin, you know, we would understand the experience, but we're human beings with minds. And so sometimes those minds fight the experience. And then we move into a lot of fear around the experience and feeling so out of control. But when we surrender, when we align, when we allow, which are all, when we talk about what are the spiritual principles, what is that, you know, they're all things like that, you know, faith, trust, surrender, allow, but we, they're just concepts till we move through, which is why we talk a lot about when we go through um, difficulties in our lives, they become the moments where that's actually what we learn about, the tools that we learn about, or the reference point where it takes us into places where we can't control, we're out of control. Even something like birth, um, I think a lot, we've learned a lot, right, about, you know, there's so many ways to support birth and make it a beautiful, powerful experience. And I know that it's really amazing when we do that, but the, but at the end of the day, I think in one in a weird way, we're still trying to control it. Like, if I do all these wonderful things, you know, maybe I'll avoid all like the unknowns and the pain and like, oh my God, I'm surrendering into something I've never done before. So I can have all these experiences, uh, like this support. And it really makes a difference on so many levels. But I'm just saying, you know, it's kind of like we still, we're still human beings and we still want to control an experience and we can't. And that's the beautiful thing when we get on the other side of something, whatever it is, when we start to see we're really out of control, we go, okay, I'm having a teaching. I'm going through an initiation and, uh, and just trusting that we are going to learn through the initiation something incredibly important about ourselves. And it won't be something negative. You know, I think again, when we assign good or bad, it's just deeply trusting that we are going to, we're going to learn how strong we are, how amazing we are, how beautiful we are, um, you know, in that whole process. So I guess I'm going to tee us all up to say, you know, whatever we go through in this, uh, it's just going to expose what we weren't in touch with as greatly that is going to be really important in us moving through our lives. So it's, it's a, it's a good thing. Um, ultimately, if I was going to put an assignment on it, um, to just remember to offset some of what I think gets us nervous about 
the understanding of what's coming and knowing we can't control it, but we can truly align to it and we can allow for it, I think will really, really help. So with this notion of, um, you know, uh, an enhanced experience of moving into this uh, intense, watery kind of journey, um, that we are also remembering that the other thing that happens on the 6th is that Uranus moves into Taurus for seven years. It's been in Aries, and Uranus uh, rules Aquarius, and so Uranus is timelessness. It's surprise. It's out of the box. It's innovation. It's what we talk about of the be careful what you wish for, because Uranus answers kind of invitations and and prayers or wishes, but it doesn't come in a timely manner. So it can come at a time where we don't want it anymore, or it can come like it can really happen. And then we realize, wait, wait, I was just fantasizing about that. I didn't know that I really wanted that. And it's like, you put the order in, here we go. Uh, So it's very interesting in that way. I think the important thing to know is, though, is that it will be another one of those features of Um, informing the vibrational frequency. I know that sounds very esoteric, but what I mean by that is, again, remember water. So when when water, um, when something happens in in a vibration, uh, like if anybody's worked with tuning forks, I don't know if anybody has in their own healing process like acutonics where tuning forks go to acupuncture points um, or have had that experience of even sound baths or gong baths, you know, working with crystal bowls or that sort of thing on the body or near the body, we feel how intense that moves in. It's because it's moving into the into our body of water inside of us. So it's not what we hear, it's what we feel. And we're going to even feel more of this Uranus moving through in a feeling level where we might feel like really I, again, I'm not trying to create an assumption um, or an anticipation, but I guess I want to say if you do find yourself feeling anxious, a lot of it is because we're, we are feeling the tonal shift of Uranus moving into, uh, when it moves signs, we really feel it. And uh, I was sharing with Dorte before we went on the podcast that it can kind of be like because Uranus can be like a lightning strike, and normally we're gonna we're gonna see this happen because Uranus um, moving into Taurus. Taurus is like is land. It's the earthiest of the earth, um, but it's more like when you go to the Grand Canyon and you see, oh my God, look at all these shifts from earthquakes and lightning and all those kinds of things where it opens up the land and then you can see into the land the beauty and the texture and the materials that were in there and the minerals and the and the waters that moved. Through. It was only because of the opening and the disruption. Um, Something that was buried inside of us is going to excavate and open up. It's like we're going to remember something about ourselves as a world, as individuals, um, something that got buried maybe earlier in our life um, or our culture or our family or whatever it might have been. So it's going to be really, really fascinating um, uh, in that way. But right now, because Uranus is moving in through all of this water it's going to be more like that experience if you are, you know, when you look outside when there's a lightning storm and all of a sudden the whole the whole sky lights up and we see the clouds and we see the planets and we see everything. And it's like such an extraordinary moment where we're awestruck and then it goes into the clouds again. I think we're going to see that. Like we're going to have glimpses of clarity or expansiveness or understanding 
about all kinds of things, um, and as well as what we've been living with that have been distortions, illusions, um, you know, things that we thought were truths that are really going to blow our mind that are going to be revealed, you know, one way or another, lots and lots of that were, that are going to be happening. So that's what I think the entrance, actually, it's like Uranus coming in through the mist is not necessarily the way it always comes in. So, But it's going to inform this, which can result, like I say, with actually some agitation, you know, some anxiety, some nervousness, some unsettledness. So with that in mind, we really want to have some practices um, uh, that are going to help calm your disruption. I want you to just kind of note that, that on a daily basis, if you notice yourself feeling extra stirred up, just remember it, not just go, oh yeah, my waters are being stirred up, of course. Like this is a time that it can happen. And the more we invite a calmer approach to calming ourselves, not just to say, oh, calm down. What I mean is we're going to be working with practices that are very compassionate and kind to ourselves. Say, okay, let's let's breathe more slowly. Let's lay down for a moment. Let's sing to ourselves. Let's invite a kind of a rhythm or a system that we can just say, this is a result of, um, this isn't really something we need to um, assign and worry about about our lives. You know, it's just kind of what we're moving through at this time. However, what we do discover is healing for us, is helpful for us. The attitudes, the um, approach towards our life, the philosophy, that is something that is going to be the gift in this time. Because, you know, a lot of times we have trouble soothing the deepest part of unknown for us. And so the more we can find remedies to move through that, that's going to serve us like in the Leonard Cohen of, you know, if you don't become the ocean, you'll get seasick every day. Well, if you become the ocean, you free yourself of what creates the illness within us, right? What creates that disruption and the fear. So if we don't get afraid this month, we won't have fear this month. <laughs> It's, it's again, the conundrum of, you know, the ultimate sort of philosophies. But I think it's going to really come to bear. What is going on with this Mercury retrograde is that it is at 29 degrees, which is the last degree of Pisces when it stops and, and goes retrograde. Now, Pisces is the 12th sign of the zodiac. Uh, it's the 12th house right before we turn to spring, which is the beginning of the zodiac year, of the astro year. And so it's where karma it's the loose ends of lifetimes. It's the wisdom. It's, you know, in the 12th house of our own chart where that notion of Pisces, Pisces represents the unknowable because it's everything, you know, and it exists inside of us. It's great mystery outside of us and the inner mystery inside of us. For women, you know, it's that womb mystery of we carry that, that men don't have that vortex of creativity and mystery that's deep inside of us that we, ha we have to search for and imagine because we don't know what it looks like, right? It exists within us. We have more lunar nodes than men from the Vedic principles. So it is that deep mystery within that corresponds with the deep mystery throughout. So that's that, that you know, pipeline that women have whether we have children or not, it's irrelevant. We have this womb-womb space that is the, the place when we travel into it of the mystery teachings that connect us to the mystical. So from that point of view, the 29-degree point that Mercury goes retrograde, it is the absolute end of the completion. And then it goes retrograde saying, I have something that I want to share with all of us. Like there's something we're going to go backwards 
because there's something you need to understand. So what we might find is it might be we'd learn why we made the decisions that we've made through the course, certainly, of this of this last month. But I would say more perhaps the last even 10 years because or seven years, because we have these long cycles that we've been going on with these lunations. So it's going to review for us. It's going to help us kind of go, oh, okay, now I understand what I was, what I couldn't at the time. It's going to really reveal some information in that way, which I think is fascinating. And I think it's going to, um, you know, get help us get in touch with some of our motivations motivations and some of sometimes our illusions, you know, as well, because again, it wants to help, help us also to see what are our blind spots? What are the patterns that we've been working on over and over and over again, and we can't seem to clarify? What are the repetitive patterns, the addictions, you know, Pisces also has to do with um, the second chakra. And so when the natural flow of feelings, when our ability to be um, free in our own form is diminished or has been repressed or has been um, in some way subjugated, it can enslave us or it can be that process of us continuing to be our own worst enemy, so to speak. So this is a time where the more we do, we're going to hear, hear a lot people saying it's a great time to do healing. And we, we kind of go, well, what does that mean? Like, does that mean something's wrong with me? Does that mean that I have to do more? I have to, you know, like do more, there's, you know, I have to do more work, so to speak. And I would say with this particular element of water being so much in place, I think it's the more we recover a relationship to our deepest kind of sense of who we are and being able to, in, in a, detached way. What I mean by detached is being able to say, I can give myself permission to explore what I want to come to richer understanding of without judging it and without getting sort of, I can be emotional about it, but it doesn't mean that I draw conclusions of of um, exaggerated drama about it. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Like we, we don't put labels on it as Go, we, it's like one of those moments where we have to get close enough to the unfinished business to really appreciate what we've been through without re-traumatizing and getting lost in the vortex of the pain all over again. Because then we'll just activate our, our victim or we'll activate our victim consciousness or the, the place in which that part of us wants us to be understood for what we went through, but through the journey of the pain pathway as opposed to the understanding of um, what that part of us is longing to uh, come into balance around. Does that make sense? That makes tons of sense. And I'm married to a Pisces and our conversations in the last couple of days actually have been around, hey, maybe maybe exploring some techniques like the emotional freedom technique or going to get EMDR done so that we can revisit uh, maybe some traumas or some memories without kind of getting swept back up into the trauma of it and sort of re-triggering it for ourselves. Absolutely. And I love those two forms you talked about because any tools, like with the emotional freedom, the tapping, where you get close enough to re-engage, like say, what is it that, that is at the root of this? And then immediately we offer ourselves in our bodies. Remember I talked about the vibrational? When the memory comes up, through the vibration, 
um, it's so strong that it reactivates. But when we give the body something to free it and something to calm it. So for example, when I was talking about the acutonics, when the tapping moves through acupressure and acupuncture points, which the meridians move throughout the body, and they don't just, you know, the beauty thing about, about ancient methods, where it's Ayurvedic or it's Chinese medicine or it's indigenous practices, they all have their roots in mind, body, emotion, spirit. It's all of us. It doesn't get truncated into go to this practitioner and this part. And it's not an arm and a leg, it's a whole system. So as the systems start to speak to one another, and then the master system, which is our consciousness, take us through it, right? Then we the healing starts, the unwinding, but through a point of view is we're liberating it so it doesn't sit in the way. And we're liberating it with greater understanding. We appreciate what we've been through. We speak to what we've been through, and then we reformulate it now as kind of like homeopathy, where it seeks to restore our natural constitution. All of this is going to come up, and when it comes up, we want to be loving about it and go, oh my gosh, this is a moment where we can actually seek support in letting the master of us within it and allow ourselves to then reformulate how it sits inside of us now. It sits inside of us through understanding. It sits inside of us through the aha. Well, of course I've been feeling that way. And the other beauty is at the quantum level, we're not only healing ourselves in that moment, but out of time it frees the ancestors because it's not held, if it's not held in us the same way, it doesn't, it doesn't, it's, it's been forever changed because it's just shifted. So it's, it's a really deep, profound practice in that way. So I thank you for saying that in that personal level. Um, something I wanted to share because I think I mentioned it at the at the Virgo New Moon portion of our podcast last month, because Virgo can hold that point of because it gives and gives and gives and Pisces does too. Pisces um, rules that place of unconditional surrender. We have to have complete devotion wherever Pisces is in our chart, because we just serve it. It's what we came here to be and do in that way, that part of us. Um, but because we don't have just like. The water just keeps being the water. It has no containment. It is the earth that contains the water. The earth beds, like the, uh, you know, we look at the surrounding of what creates the pool for, you know, the endpoints of the pool, like the watery womb. It requires, it is the womb space that holds the baby, right? The amniotic fluid is just the amniotic fluid or just that sense of, you know, we need containment. And so, you know, with that in mind, um, you know, that, that real sense of how, how unconditional this can be, then we give and give and give, and then where we hit, it's to our detriment. And that's when we hit the self-destructive or the, you know, the, the, uh, we've be, we become overwhelmed with our own um, inability to find its natural endpoint, which is why boundaries are a big point of a second chakra work or the sixth chakra work, because we have to also be held in containment in some way, or we just spill over, you know, in that sense. So with that point of view, with, with that sense, from the point of view of where this Pisces new moon will take us, we can get really lost in it. That's why we have to keep remembering that we're here, our consciousness, our understanding of our work throughout this month is if we step into breaking an old pattern, then the pattern breaks. If we think the pattern's going to break on its own, it's not because it's got it's got a continued rhythm. And so uh, 
something that we did in our medicine circle recently, our women's circle that was so profound, is we worked with the where the victim lives alive in our story that we came by honestly through our own wounding or through the culture or our gender, whatever it might be, um, but where it lives inside of our story and where the martyr lives inside of our story and how we could break the wheel of the perpetuation because that part of our story just insidiously, like invisible waters, it moves into the story because it wants to be recognized more than it wants to be cleared. And so, you know, like I really discovered that this month in another level of the victim living in my money story in my life. And it's a myth. And it keeps me, that part of me that wants to express it that way just keeps me seeing it as a lack and doesn't see the abundance that I, even though it might mean that it's important for me to optimize that more, it doesn't allow me to free it because it feels like I'm betraying my original victim story of what went on. And so it's that interesting sort of dynamic um, of seeing where it lives in where it lives in our story that keeps perpetuating in our now, and in our future. So it honestly happened in the past, but we collaborate with it continuing, and we have to break the wheel. And so we all did that. We all spoke of it, and then we grieved it, and then we had to literally stand up and shake it off, and self-determine how we were moving forward in breaking that wheel and not letting it convince ourselves of our futures as being limited um, and how we were going to move forward in collaborative ways. And it was just really, really powerful. So we can choose to um, shift how we identify with our stories and really open them up as we're working with this Piscean energy. So I think it's going to be inviting a new philosophical paradigm to come into form. So the key words with Pisces are inspiration, flow, intuitive, surrender, like I said, bliss and abyss, retreat, psychic, vibrational medicine, color, like we were talking about, frequency, um, hypnosis, um, the completion. So it's really going to be a lot of the um, waves and elements that are going to get stirred up during this time can be disorienting. They can create confusion. Um, so I think the way we're going to uh, be able to bridge this is to think about retreating and really working with the levels of consciousness um, that will help us kind of calm down. Like when we think about in mindfulness practices, they say, imagine, like, let the breath drop into the body. Like if we're at the top of the lake, the lake is really determined by every day what's swimming in it, what's the currents. But when the, when the rock or the stone, for example, drops into the heart of the lake, when the breath drops into the heart of the body, it connects with an element of ourselves that's tranquil, that's peaceful, that's our natural self, that is not disrupted by the day-to-day. -day. And the more we cultivate that, and that's true not only of the body, but it's true of the mind in the subconscious. So this is an incredible time to work with our dreams. There is something that many of us are, are have heard about, which is lucid dreaming. So what that can be about is, for example, let's say you have a dream and you remember it and you just it's been disturbing or you don't feel finished with it or you want to work it through. One of the things you can do is lay down, close your eyes and bridge back into the dream. In other words, imagine I'm moving into the dream, I'm breathing into it, and I'm now going to invite myself as a witness to move into that dream and 
get to know what's going on in the dream and maybe invite or evoke a different outcome into that dream um, through just an awareness of offering something different. Or you can do that in your meditations where it, let's say we discover a trauma or we're really in touch with something that's activating unfinished business for us, which is what a lot of times we're doing with the emotional freedom technique or EMDR. We get in touch with the inner child or the difficulty that we went through with the trauma. But from love and from the witness and from the wisdom, we we help reflect back to that part of ourselves being seen and heard and now being supported and understood so it doesn't have to keep replaying like it wants our attention almost that it really happened and we really offer that in our meditations or in our inner journey work and we can bring with it let's say um, something that calms us so it might be a spirit you know an animal that calms us or um, an ancestor that calms us or a guide or ourselves as guide um, and then it shape shifts the difficulty of what we experienced you know so I think it's like to work with the subconscious and or do if you if you want to work with someone who has the ability to work with for example hypnosis what we're doing in that is we're prompting a different sort of understanding that then frees the original discomfort in that way but I, I'm basically saying the more we work with um, vibrational tools uh, anything that works outside of the logical body into the other frequencies will be tremendously helpful during this time but the key with that is bring it back into our logical mind in other words both hemispheres because we can get very dismissive of our mind we can um, I, I I have to say I don't like the the uh, uh, you know that saying of it's just the monkey mind, which I think it, it really kind of um, you know disses our logical everyday mind. Our mind is a beautiful thing, you know. We wouldn't be able to organize ourselves. The mind makes sense out of everything and helps us organize the our lives and our beautiful everyday lives. So I think we more have to say that the mind, which we've talked about before, just needs an upgrade, like we do with or upgrade our systems. The mind needs to now be able to move at a frequency um, that understands the what we're going through on a lot of different levels. And the more we can bring a new philosophical paradigm to the mind, the more we can, I think, bridge the mind and body more and bridge the spirit more to all of those ways. So, you know, I think that the more we can do that will be really helpful. The other thing that Pisces can create that we want to really shift is suffering. And so it's that whole notion of, you know, we, cre we understand we suffer, we create our own suffering, we find that we're suffering, and then we kind of release the suffering. That the more we see how do we continue to suffer, why do we continue to suffer in our lives? And of course, there's real reasons. I mean, there are many things in our life that are unequal and many uh, I'm not trying to, to at all imply that, oh, if we have a different way, we think everything becomes good. You know, that whole light and love thing that is so, so diminishing and um, disrespectful. I'm just saying within ourselves, the more we replicate a certain kind of way we think about things, that if we, if we understand that we can uh, liberate that particular way we think about something or the limitation, that it can really create a lot more ease. And I think, per, you know, also the, the way we look through a lens of fear, you know, as opposed to a lens of love, um, can really 
make, you know, a difference in the old patterns we've inherited or from our early experiences. And also our collective experience will not clear or vanish on their own. They require complete attention in this way. So without blaming, we can, like I said, break that wheel of invisible patterning for now and for the future, that some part of our Pisces needs rescuing out of the water, right? So it's kind of like if we were if we were needing some rescuing out of the ocean, um, we might want not want to attach ourselves to some kind of brig or something that doesn't have an ability to navigate us out. We'll just get lost more at sea. So we have to be kind of connected to what we feel will be able to take us through you know, some of the abyss or some of what we can't see, you know, through it. So then we have coming along as we move through um, this first half of the month, of the lunation of the month, we move into March 20th, which is the full moon. It is a super full moon in Libra and again, zero degrees, which means that it is the beginning of a new cycle. It is the fruition of the planting of the seeds of the new moon on the 6th. And the other thing that goes on in this full moon on the 20th is that we have um, we have the spring equinox. This isn't always the case when they both hit at the same time. So we continue to get at a cosmic level a double dosing or a super alignment of moments for us to continue to initiate and become uh, really connected and clear with intentions and with um organizing what I think ultimately will be how we move forward in uh, our frequency and our uh, in our lives, which is really, really wonderful. So we, on March 20th with the spring equinox, it is equal day, equal night is when the equal time of the, of the light in the day. And so it is a bringing of the light in that beautiful kind of way. It's the planting the seeds of spring. So we really want to think about with birthing the year. Again, it's still happening under the retrograde, but the wonderful part about it's the last week of the retrograde. And usually by the end of a Mercury retrograde, that last week is when we get a lot of clarity. And now we're like we're just kind of cleaning things up for what we're going to move through when it goes direct. So it's really like we're, we're going to have a lot more clarity at that time. So if we think about planting seeds, this is what I would ask you and invite you to do to think about what seeds you will plant for the year uh, and the beginning of these bigger cycles, not only for ourselves, but our collective healing that um, is going to be discovered like a sacred site or a kind of a, a time capsule that starts to open up that has to do with the earth within us and the earth around us. So everything, when we think about the spring, it's a birthing, it can be disruptive. And whenever we're planting new seeds in the spring, we have to remember there's always a clearing and a cleansing that has to be before. We can't just jump on the bike. You know, it's a little rice, rusty. The, you know, the tires need to be aerated. We have to, before we can, you know, plant the seeds, we have to clear the ground, that kind of thing. So uh, thinking about the seeds, particularly because of it all still being in this Pisces lunation, we want to plant a dream seed. What I mean by that is, what is a dream inside of us that we can't wait anymore? What is a big dream that we really want to see come into form? We, we want to now ignore, not ignore it. We really want to honor it. And it's um, a, a wisdom seed. We want to honor Pisces. Pisces holds our wisdom. So what is a wisdom seed we want? Like, what do we want to really 
not forget that is important about who we are and what informs us. Um, what is the seed we want to plant about ourselves, our own true nature, um, that we don't want to forget, and our relationships about us in context to others. Because the full moon is in Libra, and Libra has to do with us in the balancing ourselves with others, and the equinoxes are always about balance, about finding balance in those times. And something I've been inviting myself to consider and encouraging others, when in doubt, especially during this time, let the wisest part of yourself make a decision. And I think that's true no matter how old we are. Um, even when we ask kids, like, you know, what is, I know wise can be an unusual word, but what we'd say like, well, what do you, what do you think? What is the, what is, you know, what is the wisest part of yourself? When we start to even ask, maybe not four-year-olds, but eight-year-olds, that kind of thing, they can start to have a sense of plugging into, I think I'm tired. I think I need to go to bed, you know, like not like the right or the wrong or the good or the bad, like not fighting against. But if we ask ourselves, what is the wisest part of ourselves? We start to get the answers. And I think that's where we can really keynote into that Pisces part of ourselves. The other thing is thinking about seeds. And um, we're cleansing a lineage and we're, you know, around this time. So what I mean by that is, what is um, an original seed that we're reinstating that has to do with um, something that is the most natural <clears throat> and the most truest part of ourselves we want to really support moving through this time. Then as we end the month, March uh, 28th, Mercury goes direct. Hallelujah. <clears throat> and it gives us a little bit of cleanup time until April 5th when we have the new moon in Aries, and then the fire really gets turned up and all systems are go, and we have, um, we'll really, we'll, I think we'll be a lot clearer and appreciative of this voyage that we went through, through the waters of our soul. Wow, okay, so it sounds like a launch time in the future to look forward to, but we're gonna be really sifting through some things and I'm curious about um, some practices that can support us as we go through these processes. I know you were talking a little bit about working with water in particular. Yeah, I think that that the process, the practices that'll be helpful, as I talked about, and you mentioned, um, if anything comes up, it's going to be really important to not fight it and not to despair over it, but just to say it's it is my the most loving devotional thing I can do for myself is tend to what comes up during this time. And um, even, like I say, whether they're cal simple as calming practices um, that we that might really, you know, uh, support our sense of calming our nervous system and activating that self-care, or it can be as significant as saying, if some elements come up for me that I understand, you know, uh, this is a marvelous time truly to um, break patterns of addiction or dependency or things that have been getting in our way, um, it's really important to pay attention. It is truly the most, the best way to honor ourselves is to not turn away and not uh, collapse, but to just say, you know what, let, let me figure out, not to say no is the answer. Um, even if I have limited resources, let me reach out to my community or to someone and find, maybe I can barter, maybe I can find this in YouTube or online, maybe someone will help me find a way to support the remedies that I need. So it's my desire to heal myself and reach out and say, I deserve this, the magic will come, Uranus is there, the magic will happen on our behalf. It's the willingness to do that. So I think that's part of it is reaching out during this time. 
Um, but working with our sixth chakra and our second chakra. Our sec second chakra is the water element. It is the natural flow of feelings. It is our emotions, our emotional bodies. It's the doorway into. So any kind of practices of water, um, water baths, those rituals, um, working with two crystals that I really love. The reason I say the sixth chakra also is because it's the dreaming, and Pisces is inspiration. The Sabian symbol for this month has to do with um, uh, inspiration. And so uh, having that experience of continuing to remember that our inspiring ourselves and being inspired is that higher frequency that can let us not give up on the greater dream of self and others and that all things are possible. And that gets us through quite a bit. So the sixth chakra, when it really can get locked down into vigilance and being nervous and, and just really trying to be nervous about the other shoe dropping, when we open up past that and really, you know, kind of going into a higher level will open us up to be able to find what it is we're really looking for and to be able to see the bigger picture and the symbols. Remember, we're working with the unconscious. So rather than the literal, but the symbolic um, helps us crack the code of our dreams and what we've been trying to tell ourselves and move forward. So two crystals that I really love. One is an orange calcite. Calcites create um, orange or tangerine because it works with the second chakra. And calcites provide a great deal of cleansing. So if you're a crystal person and you want an excuse to buy a new crystal, um, they're not expensive, but try to get a, a gold, I mean, uh, uh, orange or a tangerine um, calcite or carnelians. But I think for this, I really love um, calcites. I think you'll really enjoy them. They're beautiful and you can work with them and they'll attune some of that, uh, you know, some calming and clearing of some of the second chakra. And another one that I love is a labradorite. It, it can come looking like a green or colors of green, but it really has, it's very faceted and it's a form of a moonstone. It's just gorgeous. I really love them. They're sort of a ultimate stone. They work with all seven chakras, but they've got um, because of that, of that luminosity connected to the Moonstone family, it, it shows us a lot inside of us, and just like us. So this mysterious features of us will illuminate as we allow the illumination to happen. So that's really important. Working with ritual baths, I cannot say enough about because it literally has cleansing properties. So I wanted to ask you, you mentioned in an Instagram post, you worked with a misting. Um, can you share with us that? Because that is a beautiful, beautiful practice. Yeah, it was so lovely. I got to go with a couple of friends to do a facial steam, which was basically filling a bowl with water and rose petals, hibiscus petals, and some geranium, and just putting our heads over the bowl with hot water and then putting a towel over the head. So we kind of created like a little steam bath for our faces, and we were smelling the beautiful smells we were able to look at the the pink and red colors if we wanted to open our eyes and then the the properties of the flowers and the water were just kind of seeping into the pores of our faces and it just felt so wonderful i love that and one of the things i really love is when we do foot baths facial baths what those are doing is they're working you know there are acupuncture points um through at, at the base of the feet and through the face and through the ears and through the hands that will work with the entire body. 
so that experience of, of, of submerging our, you know, you think about from a, um, you know, a sacred geometrical point of view, the, 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 the physical, you know, the mind or what's held in it, the skull is, is really profound. Like it's the seat of our mind and you're putting that in with so much healing with this beautiful frequencies of the, of the water and the flowers and what you've blessed the flowers to be. And then you submerge this because a lot of times it gets really scary when we put our heads in water. That can be actually terrifying, especially if you've gone through trauma. But to choose to put your head, you know, your face in with love that's been blessed with these beautiful flowers that are there for healing. How beautiful is that? It's like a rebirth. You know, it's so loving. It's so feminine. You know, I just love that. Or if we put our feet that way. Also, when you do ritual baths, this is like the baths that the women, the healers, the curanderas will work with, with us, is they'll create a bath and they'll put the beautiful um, uh, blessings and the flowers and the herbs, and they bless them so that the waters are, have been blessed by the desire for healing and all these beautiful herbs. And when you put your toe in there and you put your, it's like really being rebirthed and the, all of the properties in there uh, will separate and take for you everything that's been in your luminous field, it's been in your body. And then when you're done and you come out and you're you're, you know, held in these beautiful, warm, you know, towels and you're, you know, you have this wonderful experience. Then if you take a bowl of water that is in the, the um, tub, you take it lovingly out into the earth and you invite and ask Mother Earth to take whatever has been extracted from you um, that is no longer there for you, you know, whatever it has taken and you lovingly, either you return it to the, if you're near a body of water, you return it to the body or you feed your plants or your, the earth, you are recycling. So while you're feeding the earth, you're also releasing in a beautiful, loving, prayerful way, this experience of being gifted by the elements of the waters. It's just, you're, you know, especially for uh, us as, as, you know, really aligning with being medicine keepers of waters and really connecting with ancestors that always worked. They were keepers of the waters and protectors that were working with water element as it, how Piscean is that? How ancient is that? And for us to really do that in a loving, respectful way, we are becoming one with, with the um, instrument of water. It is, I can't underscore how just exquisite the practice is. It is a healing in and of itself. So I encourage everybody to do this over, I'd say, the first week of the new moon and repeat this as much. I mean, in general, but at this time, I think it's going to be a deep entunement into a, the, a sacred, sacred aspect to ourselves. Um, and the other thing is for those interested in, you know, uh, misting, vaginal misting, this is another time that can be, um, again, if you wish to look it up, there there are practices that are out there, but it also has to do with sometimes healing some of the elements of sexual trauma that we've been through as women, which is beyond the scope of the podcast. But, you know, to look into that, if some, some people find it controversial or they don't agree with it or they do, but I think for those who are, if you look into it, you'll find it. And it can be, again, another form of healing during this time. And for those who want to know more about that, you can also look up yoni steaming. That's another way that people talk about that practice. And it can be really helpful also for those 
those of us who might be feeling a little unsettled or unsafe, just generally anxious, it can be really grounding to kind of remind the body and the root chakra, like you're safe, you're at home, it's okay, things are warm. (laughs) So I really love that practice. And I just want to remind everyone too, you know, for some of you who may not have a bathtub in your home, like Susan said, with putting your feet in a, a bowl of water or take a pot from your kitchen and fill it with water. And even if you don't feel like you have a lot of herbs available, maybe even take some rosemary from your kitchen and sprinkle it in the water. That could be really beautiful. Yeah. And even from the vibrational point of view, just remember those, um, you know, what we've learned about how those frequencies, when we bless water, um, the water shifts in its, um, in, you know, the the composition of it, the vibrate, you know, the actual composition of the water. So that if we just sing in the water or we hold the water and we bless it, we talked about that last time and doing, you know, some practices around creating, you know, calling in the spring with Bridget, um, that we can influence the water as being healing. So I, I think that's really important in working with the second chakra. And I think, like I said, the thing we want to remember with these practices is just, you know, document you can do it through um through symbols through coloring through it doesn't have to be through literally writing and in words that make sense poetry can really be a beautiful time Um, but we want to capture our experiences as bridges between the unconscious and conscious between the known and the thought Um, When we had that new moon on um, January 5th that was a solar eclipse, it was ultra, ultra Capricorn saying we were creating a new platform, a container. Now we're pouring it in with consciousness. So the more we can keep seeing how these chapters of, of this year are with these alignments of zero and, you know, all of these these really intense sorts of initiations at new moons and full moons, um, how they're all going to come together like uh, gemstones that we're, see- we're putting together as a necklace. Really trust into that. So I would say this time is a time to allow for understanding. It's dedication, complete dedication to our overall lives and process that we move through discerning and decision-making it's a time that of visioning, receiving, and allowing. It's a time to allow um, when distortions, um, things that we knew that start to sometimes, you know, we can think we ha- we make assumptions and we decide that they get blown out and we realize that we've been operating with distortion. We've just got to be honest with ourselves and try to uh, allow that clarity to move forth and come forth with kindness. And like I said, I think it's truly a listening tour of our lives this month, and um, we're going to learn a lot, honestly. So, so just keep taking care and um, realize that we're in different time frequencies. And so while it might feel like Mercury retrograde is a hassle, it asks us to slow down, but it asks us to, to lean in, you know, to a different way. And in that sense, sometimes we find that we actually get ahead of time. So I know it's, it's, I would say, again, remember the old adage of try not to sign contracts and, you know, back up your computers and all that good stuff. And remember that um, any miscommunications, just, just to be thoughtful about um, really listening to what the communication problem might be that either we got incorrect or people don't understand us. This is like, um, you know, when the foghorn is there and the reason the foghorn is there is because when there's a lot of fog, 
we don't hear it, and it, it's information for the boats and it's information for the harbor. We're going through a lot of mist now, so just kind of assume that maybe we didn't hear everything. And so just ask to really feel rather than assume, and we'll be a lot better off. And I think we're going to learn a lot from each other at this time. Thank you so much, Susan. For anyone who wants to work with you or find out more about your work in the world, where can we find you? Thank you. Um, You can find me at everydaymedicinewoman.com or through Instagram, which is Susan Lipschutz, or my Facebook page, um, Everyday Medicine Woman. And my uh, email is susan at everydaymedicinewoman.com. And if you're in Chicago, I have some local events that happen and um, in uh, local uh, in sessions, sessions that are, we're actually in the same time zone in the same room, but I also offer them through Skype or FaceTime. And they're really um, quite intimate. And I think uh, allow an opportunity to do some, uh, you know, some really meaningful work together. And it's absolutely an honor. And I really love hearing from my Moonwise sisters. So please feel free to reach out. It is just an absolute, uh, I, I can't tell you how much I appreciate meeting you all and hearing from you or sending emails and Instagram posts or letting Dorothea and I know after you've listened to a podcast, if you do a little story on it or something, it's, it's just, we really appreciate it. It just makes us so happy. So we love hearing from you. Yeah. And we have a really sweet conversation going on on Facebook for anyone who's there at, um, in the Moonwise Sisterhood group. So if you aren't in the group yet, just search Moonwise Sisterhood on Facebook and then you answer a few questions to be admitted to the group. And we're just kind of chatting throughout the month about how things are going and how people are feeling inspired. And um, even if you're looking for resources or support, um, people have asked questions there as well. So it's really nice to hear from you all. Yeah. And I think this would be a wonderful sharing of even if you have if you take screenshots of maybe some of the images that you created, or if you do feel called to um, take a snapshot of a photograph that is really meaningful for you during this time, like I said, symbols uh, and symbolic information sharing is really powerful. So we can work with that as well with one another. And I, I love that that uh, Facebook group also. Oh, that's a great idea. Let's do it. Let's all share symbols that are, are speaking to us or inspiring us in the group. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be on the lookout myself for that. So thank you, Susan. Always. So let's just stay in the flow of inspiration. And like I said, we, um, and this is actually funny for me because I, I don't know how to swim and I don't love the water. I have millions of lifetimes where I, everything that you can imagine has happened to me in the water. So, okay, our guru, Leonard Cohn, if you don't become the ocean, you will be seasick every day. So I'm okay in the, uh, in the cosmic ocean. So hopefully we'll be swimming together. All right, everyone. Have a great month and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the show. You can learn more about Susan's work at everydaymedicinewoman.com and you can follow her on Instagram at Susan Lipschitz. And if you haven't heard the recent Moonwise episode about redefining success, I recommend giving it a listen. 
In the episode, I talk with artist Viana Novus McGee about rest, vulnerability, and learning to live daily life on our own terms. We talk about the redefining success journal that Viana created. It's a tool that brings the feeling of accomplishment to everyone. We discuss postpartum motherhood, living with PTSD, and accessing grace and compassion for ourselves. Listen to that episode and our previous episodes at moontent.co or subscribe to the Moonwise podcast on iTunes. Our theme music is by Sophie Cooper from her album Rewilding, available on Bandcamp. See you next time.